You are listening to the JCN Clinic Podcast. The JCN Clinic Podcast is a place where nutritionalists Jessica Cox and Carissa Mason get real about nutrition and living a healthy life. They share with you their passion and their clinical knowledge for a fun, no BS approach to looking after yourself. Please enjoy today's episode and don't forget to subscribe and iTunes. Hello and welcome to the JCN Clinic podcast show. I'm Jessica. I'm Carissa. And we are coming to you today with part two of our What Clinical Nutritionists Eat and Recommend to Eat in the JCN Clinic. So we've already done breakfast and lunch last episode. So if you haven't heard that episode, you can go back and listen. So today we will be sharing lots of ideas about dinner as far as what we do, which is always interesting as far as the differences even between Chris and myself, but mm. also more importantly, a lot of the hacks, ideas, recommendations we share with clients um, as far as making dinner work in a whole food macro balanced way. And likewise with snacks. So we mm. haven't shared anything yet sometimes we have a bit of a chat prior but we're just going to dive in and I think this is where you'll see even more variety between Carissa and I um, Mm. but also a lot of similarities and obviously how we work with clients at JCN so we'll dive in and start with dinner so shall I take the reins first or receive do you have some yeah (laughs) so (laughs) go for it dinner 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 do I sometimes when we talk about these meals of the day I'm like breakfast oh my god it's my favorite but then sometimes I'm like oh dinner I love dinner too Mm. uh dinner for me personally is one of those meals where it's that really classic unwind meal of the day um for us it's something that we take a lot of joy in making putting the most time into in our house Um, We really enjoy sitting down together and having it. Um, Our ritual, to be honest, is sitting on the floor. (laughs) We never sit at a table at home. Oh, so good. I'm already laughing at how different different we are at the moment (laughs) with dinners. (laughs) Your your explanation then is my ultimate goal with dinner at the moment. But I have to say, like our dinners at the moment are definitely, again, more. They're always great, but it's we are being shitheads at the moment and sitting in front of the TV to eat dinner. So there's like not that connection, you know, sitting down at a table. Um, And yeah, I love it, but I'm usually very bloody rushed. So dinners on the weekends, I enjoy making, but yeah. Anyway, so we're already quite different. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. Well, the only, the other similarity that I would point out there though, I say we sit on the floor. We love sitting on the floor to have our dinner 99% of the time when we do that we're watching one of our shows but it's very much that makes me feel better a calm space for us when we do dinner like we really enjoy there's a real ritual of like bringing in our meals and sitting on the floor in front of the tv with the cat and like we just have this whole it's like a floor picnic every night so it's a very relaxed environment um which you know again is good just to already see those nuances with the difference between you and I, because I have the capabilities to do that with where my lifestyle's at, but I appreciate that that's not everyone else's case, particularly when 
there's kids involved and bath times and so forth. So we also tend to eat dinner probably later than a lot of people would eat dinner. Early for us would be 7, 7.30, but we can often be eating dinner easily at 8, 8.30. Um, I'd like to think it's our Italian <laughs> pool to be having late dinners. <laughs> so, you know, but that's also driven by our lifestyle too um, as far as work hours um, and, and how influenced they are. Um, so, look, as far as the types of meals, um, for us, it's always the balance of the macronutrients. And, again, as we said in part one, If you're not sure what that means, go back to our episode on macronutrients, which will pop in the show notes, and that will explain that in depth. But essentially, protein, complex carbs and fats with a good amount of veggies is always the focus of the majority of our dinners. Um, For us, there's always carbs. Um, Often in clinic, I'll talk to my clients who have a more sedentary day, don't uh, do as much activity-wise in general, um, and perhaps there's some goals around fat loss, that might be a meal where we will manipulate the intake of your macros at night and have a lighter type of meal. Uh, For myself, that isn't something that we do because of the demand that I personally have and the carbs are a part of that and the portions of carbs so we, we really have a, um, a, I would say, a more meat-heavy diet. Um, we don't have a lot of vegetarian meals. There's a lot of fish. There's a lot of red meat. There's a lot of chicken. Like there's a big variation in different meat proteins. Um, we usually once a week, maybe fortnightly at the moment, just because of habit, um, we'll bring in like a tempeh meal, but we just don't eat a lot of legume-based meals. And honestly, it's more, I enjoy them, but more Damien. Damien, mm. I believe, probably has SIBO <laughs> and just <laughs> doesn't care. We've been talking about this for years, haven't we? Like this yeah. is just on, I'm laughing while you're saying this because I'm so like, I know why cool. you don't eat fucking legumes. I know. <laughs> it's like, he's like, I can't eat them. I'm allergic. I'm like, oh my God. No so allergic. we don't, I tend to eat more of plant-based <laughs> meals when I go up to Brisbane. That's where I'm a bit more flexible with the variety there but we do we do include tempeh um and he just sucks it up the next day a bit although I must say he's definitely getting better so we do a lot of well there were a lot of that all of our all of our veggies are heavily influenced by what's in the garden so a lot of our greens um will come from the garden uh but we our main carb staples tend to be potato and sweet potato we're very root veggie focused there will be like millets and buckwheats and buckwheat pasta that will come into that. But I would say generally a classic meal in our house is a protein that's like, as I said, sort of varies in the ones that I described. Um, usually a side salad. We're really big on just an easy salad and I love throwing seasonal fruit into that. At the moment, apple's a big thing. And then honestly, every second night for us is usually wedges. Um and homemade mayo like that is so classic in our house um and then on the weekends we might vary that up a bit uh as far as the how I work with clients 
as I said before, like the macro split is something I'm always teaching my clients with night meals or night dinner meals. We find, and I think you would agree with me, generally most people are pretty good with dinner. It's a family meal and like yeah. if there's ever going to be a meal that's a bit more balanced, um, has a good amount of protein and veggies in it, it tends to be dinner meals. So we find when we're working with clients, usually it's more breakfasts and lunch and snacks that need more work than dinner. But I would say that dinners still traditionally in our culture can be a bit more heavy on the carbohydrate load and a little lower on protein. Um, And also I'd say they can be traditionally a little lower on the veggies too. So it can be it can be more about teaching people about how to put that meal together on the plate as far as the amount of protein that we're wanting people to have most nights and the portion of the carbs. Like it's very common, particularly as we go into the cooler weather, for people to be doing, say, like a slow cooker dish, which might be like a big pile of mashed potato um, with a, a, some of the slow cooker on top or part, like so many people when you do dietary recalls, like a, a classic meal is like spaghetti bolognese and pasta dishes. And it's really like a big plate of pasta. Um, so we're, we're teaching people how to say, okay, let's have that pasta meal, but how do we include enough protein in that? And how do we also include some vegetables in that, which will often mean lowering the amount of pasta. So we don't end up like with this epic volume of food so I would say one of the biggest things I'm working with with clients initially is the distribution (laughs) of the portions of the macros with dinner Mm. Um, how about yourself what like what do you see with clients firstly as far as that behavior with dinner meals yeah I I think I pretty much just wholeheartedly agree um Dinners definitely seem to be the easier one to get right for people. Usually it's a family meal or that people are sitting down together. Um, even my clients that are, are single or live alone, like aren't living with their partners, like dinner, that's probably the only time I see dinner being a meal that's not 100% focused on. But once we have some chats around things, it, it's an easy thing to rectify. Um, but it's definitely the portions with dinner for sure. And I find that there's, you know, yeah, just everything you basically just said, like just talking about the low, the types of carbohydrates and how much how much volume there is of that on the plate versus protein, veggies and salad. Um, yeah, I think that's like if, if we're to- specifically just talking about macros and that's yeah, what I see the same thing, just talking mm. around that with clients. I think also dinner just reminded me when you said that is a meal that if there's a habit of overeating, it's dinner. And usually Mm. we're teaching clients how to eat more balanced meals through the day so they don't have the tendency to get to dinner and be so ravenous. But also it's very habit driven. There's a lot of that sit down end of day and then just getting into the habit of like eating big meals and just associating this kind of over full feeling with like some a form of satisfaction. So I find Mm. teaching clients about understanding levels of satiety and then also just tricks for not always um, being enticed to go back for seconds or piling up the plate too high uh, can be really valuable. So one of, I mean, I've got a, I've got a whole list of them, but one of the ones that I often will tell clients who 
are doing this repeatedly. And and again, I'll stress, like, of course, we all occasionally have too much to eat, like, you know, food's delicious, yeah. but we're talking about a, a very strong habit where it happens every night to a point of discomfort. So one of the things I'll tell clients is as you're dishing up dinner, before you sit down, put the leftovers into containers and in the fridge and have them away. Because so mm. often when people are done with their first plate, it's it's easy to just go back and get the leftovers, which look delicious, still sitting in the pots. But if it's packed up away cold in the fridge, it instantly breaks that kind of pull and connection to the leftovers. And yeah, most people aren't hungry. They're not going back for those seconds because they're like, oh my God, I'm so hungry. It's like, oh, that tasted mm. delicious. I want more. Um, and I want to feel that really full feeling. So I feel, mm. yeah, that's that's another area I find we work heavily with clients and probably one of the harder areas because it's very emotive. It's very like um, correct, sort of relationship driven with food. Well, it's also like, um, I know we've talked about this in other podcasts too, but it's also how we've been um, conditioned to eat, like, mm. you know, from our parents and just as, you know, there's, you know, um, I don't want to say Australian society, but that standard American, standard Australian diet is dinner is your big main meal of the day and you don't leave the table until your plate's empty. And if you're not sitting back with your pants unbuttoned and your belly out, then, you know, have you really enjoyed a meal? And I know we've talked about that in our, you know, festive podcasts and things like that, but there's so much, you know, um, reframing around mindset around how you should feel when you're satisfied versus overfull. And mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time talking to my clients about that. And you did touch on before as well, which I think is so valid and something that I work with one and we all do. We work with our clients with is just there's the psychology around what we've been conditioned to do and how we're conditioned to eat with dinner. But there's also too is how you set yourself up during the day determines how easy that is to stick to at night time. So if you're someone who's running on stress and adrenaline and you're not getting your, your macro balance right with breakfast and lunch and your snacks and you're missing the mark, like it's really hard by the time you get to dinner. If your blood sugar regulation is already a fucking shit show, by the time mm. you get to dinner, you're just going to devour everything if you haven't already grazed on half the snack cupboard beforehand. Mm. So, so, you know, so there's, there's that. That's probably like a, a really common one that I see and work with a lot is just setting people up properly during the day so by the time they get home and even talking it's interesting with what you said around the timing of dinner um you guys eat quite late comparatively to myself and Mick um and I know for me personally because I am definitely a blood sugary person if I'm having a later dinner like say I'm not going to be home till 7 30 from work I have to make sure I have uh which we'll cover when we get to snacks, but I have to have something around that 5, 5.30 mark. Otherwise, overeating is definitely a trigger for me when I get home mm. if I'm eating later. Like ideally dinner for me is, you know, 6.37. 7.30 is a late dinner, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like starting to get hangry by then. Like if Mick's fucking around doing stuff like working on the boat and stuff and I'm ready to eat, I'm like, get off stairs, bitch, I need to eat. <laughs> We're eating together. <laughs> Last night there was no luck. No, was it last night or the night before? What did I make? And I was just like, he was pottering around doing things because he could quite easily eat quite late as well. Um, but I'm just like, no. Nah. And I can't remember. I'm just like, I just I had everything ready to go and I just served myself up and, and ate. And Nick's like, yeah, I'm probably not ready to eat for a while. I'm like, that's fine. I'm eating. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. Um, so what about so, what yeah, type so, of meals do you tend to do? Yeah, so we... Gosh, ours ours differ quite a lot. Um, I don't 
I don't know like if we eat as much meat as you guys um we're not big red meat eaters like again I think if Mick probably had his way we probably would eat a lot more I would say I'm not a big red meat eater like maybe once a week if that um so yeah which is interesting just hearing you guys talk about how you eat I think we're definitely big we're big fish and big chicken eaters for sure um two of our dinners and I'll go through what we do eat but two of our dinners a week are actually um usually vegan or vegetarian um so I try and do that two nights a week purely for cost um but also just microbiome stuff and fiber and less meat for Mm -hmm. us and things like that so the thing that works in my favor is Mick loves lentils and legumes and they seem to agree with him to an extent and he loves tofu (laughs) which is a freaking game changer yeah right like really loves it (laughs) um (laughs) So that gives us a bit more leeway in that space. So I think what I kind of said on the last podcast was I will with what I do with lunches is I'll usually cook up a protein and then that's our, you know, that's our um, lunch during the week. So dinners for us, typically there's usually at least I reckon one meal a week that is a carry on meal. So it can kind Mm -hmm. of, um, you know, something. So things that I love for that is I love a big like Mexican mince pot. Um, Like I'm just... Mexican is life for me so (laughs) so I love doing up something like that and purely because it is so versatile like we'll have tacos one night we might make um well you know Mick would love to have nachos the next night but that's probably not more than norm for us um so we might do tacos one night and then um um Mexican mince wraps like just with rice papers the next night so it's just we reuse the salad so I usually do Mm. a something that gets us through two nights with that. Um, and then the mince may, the rest of the mince may go into a lunch or get frozen for camping. Um, so there's Mexican's a big one. I love doing a big um, spaghetti bolognese mince as well. And again, just obviously por- portioned with pasta. So that usually is a dinner one night. So I would either do something maybe with mince most weeks or some type of mince. If it's chicken mince, it'll be senchoy bao or something like that or some Asian inspired um thing if it's yeah so there's definitely those kinds of dinners that carry on um we do at least two nights a week that are like we use our Weber a lot so there's Mm, lots of barbecuing happening yeah so I'm just trying to think like because none of our weeks are the same with dinners like when I say I love Mexican we probably do it one out of three weeks if that makes sense Mm. so I'm just trying to think all the things Mm. I have on rotation so I love doing a roast so I'll alternate roast between whatever I'm cooking like it might be chicken it might be beef it might be a lamb roast that that then can relay over to cold meat if we do a roast and veggies one night um what else do we do we do lots of like um we make our own chicken kebabs so like marinate chicken um with like pineapple capsicum onion and put them on skewers and put them in the weber and have that with salad um lots of salad in our life as well love salad so salad is i would say salad probably like four nights over the week over veggies if that makes sense Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. salad sides definitely like just freaking can't get enough salad in my life even in winter mm-hmm. um so you guys do your herb mayo we make our own dressings so we do mm-hmm. these really nice singy different types of dressings so we've always got a jar jar recipe on rotation um so lots of yeah so chicken pork sometimes like we had pork last night it was probably like the first time in two weeks but pork and salad last night um so yeah so definitely variations of that so it's always if it's meat based, it's always protein and probably salad of some description or like a, a one pot mince kind of thing, whether it be Mexican spaghetti bolognese, something like that. We will often do a burger night. Um, so one of the things that I love talking to my clients about is 
things that again what I was kind of what I was kind of saying this and we do a lot of this is things you can cook one night that become another meal the next Mm. night but something completely different so I love doing that with Mexican um what I love doing with say if we do roast chicken and veggies one night is I once we I'll shred all the chicken off the roast off the chicken sort of you know and then have the carcass and put that into a pot the next night with the leftover roast veggies and some stock and boil that up and then just take the carcass out and then I just blitz all that up and it kind of becomes like a veggie soup and we have that with mm-hmm. like a really nice piece of toast or something so that's a really good one meal that becomes the next um we quite often do gluten-free chicken snitchels like we make the chicken snitties ourselves but that's you know just it's such a like old this one it's mixed favorite meal in the world actually it's just cheap the crumbed chicken with vegetables and a little bit of mash um, but then the next night the crumb chicken becomes a grilled, like a crumb chicken burger. So we do that on gluten-free yeah. buns. Um, so there's that. I love, we, I know you love these as well. BLTs is a good easy yeah. go-to dinner for us. <laughs> the old fave. Gosh, what else do we do for dinners? Um, 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 we do lots of fish. So salmon and veggies, salmon and greens. We've got so much fish in our freezer. So I'll either like just pan fry it in like a little bit of gluten-free flour and just t- like a bit of oil and just chuck it on the pan. Um, we, I do cr- like gluten-free crumbets sometimes. I do it in fish parcels. Um, sometimes we just do omelets for dinner or a frittata. Like I'll just chuck mm, everything that's left yeah, over we'll in the fridge. Yeah, and just crack a heap of freaking eggs over it and just put it in the oven and then just have that with an easy side salad. Um, I feel like that's that's our main repertoire, even though that sounds yes. epic, but there's so much more chicken. Yeah, there's so much. We yeah, yeah. We dinners are great, but we just they are always different. Um, yeah. I think the the great thing is always too with just a comparison is just for people to see between two people like the the variations based on like flavors and palettes but also lifestyles and Mm. influence of other people in the household and just to see Mm. that there's no like right way and this is what I think drives us mental when we see on socials like where someone's posting like this is how you should eat that like it'd be like Carissa Mm. saying you have to eat the way I eat and this is the only way, um, you know, and we've just pointed out some really big differences, but they're things that work for her. And then there's things that work for me. Um, even that red meat intake is a really interesting one. Like Chris's demand for mm. iron is completely different to my demand for iron. Polar so opposite. these are the things that we work on for ourselves, but also this is what we were trying to point out is that individualization that we need to consider for clients Mm. and then obviously for for you as listeners um and I also love how you're pointing out which is again what we try to teach clients is depending on what suits them is it like how how do we make dinner meals that you can roll over and become leftovers for the next day or how do you change that up so if it's not like eating the same thing again what's some ways Mm. that you can take that meal and create something different and also the spectrum there like obviously we've both describe some sort of meals that might take a bit longer but also that ability just to go I've got 15-20 minutes I'm really really hungry I just need something quick and easy Um, Mm. and that that's okay too it doesn't always have to be um, something that is going to take like an hour and a half so yeah yeah I just I, I love seeing that variation between the two and even down yeah. to time, you know, like the time yeah. frames there. Um, and you, you, we both see it with clients, right? We, we know we've got those clients that are eating at sort of five 
to six, um, you know, whether that's around their jobs and kids and so forth versus the opposite end of the scale where it's probably more like up around where I'm eating and maybe sometimes there's people that need to eat later and it's like, well, how do we make this all work from you still mm. keeping in mind these um, these sort of foundations of, of what to put on a plate? So, yeah, it's interesting. Just interrupting the show for a moment, guys, to tell you about our revamped Real Food Reset Plan. This is one of our most popular plans that you can purchase on our online shop on the website. It's been designed by clinical nutritionists and it provides a two-week rotational seven-day plan that we encourage you to follow for a minimum of four weeks. All of the recipes are delicious. They are macronutrient balanced. And essentially, this is about helping you navigate the overwhelming task of getting started with eating whole foods. There's loads of veggies, fiber, whole grains, proteins, omega-3s, all of those big areas that we talk to you about a lot on the podcast and within JCN. So it's really about getting those beautiful nourishing foods into you, supporting your natural detoxification, getting your energy up, supporting digestion, and even that brain and mental clarity. So if you'd like to try the Real Food Reset, we recommend jumping onto the website. It's only $39.95, which we think is pretty crazy, but we love the idea of this as a Kickstarter or a taste of what we do at JCN. Or maybe you're a client who's just like, yeah, I'd love some more recipes, or I'd like to play around with a little bit more structure for a while with a plan. This is for you. So again, head to jessicacox.com.au to our online shop and get your copy of the Real Food Reset Plan today. Yeah, I think another thing worth mentioning too that just takes a little bit of pressure out of dinner, and I know I think we covered this in the last podcast, but was just just being a little bit time savvy with your food prep as well. Like, like for example, like I encourage a lot of my clients, whether they're at home with at home with kids or whether they're working from home to utilize breaks, um, whether it be kids napping or sleeping or going to daycare or nanny coming over or, you know, like breaks between meetings at work to just chuck something on in the kitchen. So if it just Mm. makes life easier for the nighttime, like I know when I work from home, like I do a lot of food prep on Sundays and Mondays and that gets me through like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, but come Wednesday, we're looking at what I'm going to be eating and what we're going to be doing for Thursday and Friday. So I use Wednesday because that's my work from home day. And even though it's usually a really busy day with clients, there's always 20 minutes where I might be able to just jump up and chop chop up a bowl Mm. of veggies or, you know, something for a stir fry or like chuck some tofu in the oven or, you know, marinate some chicken thighs to go on the Weber. So just so that when, if I'm finishing at 6.30, 7 o'clock at night and I know I'm going to be fucking hangry if I have to wait till 8 o'clock to eat, (laughs) (laughs) those things are done and ready so yeah. I can like for example Wednesday was a Wednesday was a good one because Wednesday was huge we didn't we're powering down our kitchen at the moment because we're going to be away for two weeks we didn't do a massive shop this week so we're really utilizing what we've got left in the cupboard in the fridge which is always an interesting way to cook I love that it is, isn't it? challenge such a challenge but like so I um like I had about an hour break in the afternoon like mid-afternoon so I literally just chopped up some tofu marinated it with um just olive oil and we've got like this garlic salt and pepper and just put it on some baking paper in the oven so it was just kind of you know roasted in the oven and I chopped up all of my veggies and then I just made like a veggie curry and then that became my lunch 
yesterday as well. So the curry itself, by the time I made it at night time, literally took me, you know, probably 20 minutes to make. And mm. I already have rice prepped. Like I prep a lot of like my carbs for things. Just again, this is probably a little tip. I, I pre-cook batches of pasta and rice. And then what I do is I put them into sealed bags and I freeze them. So that when it comes to dinner or anything like that, if I've run out of carbs and we don't always have carbs with our dinner, like you guys do, but even for lunches, I've always got bags of like gluten-free pasta. I just put olive oil through it and freeze it and rice and it all unfreezes great once you heat it up. So for our curry on Wednesday night, it probably took me 20 to 25 minutes max to make that. And I had rice in the freezer, which I just pulled out and popped into some hot water again, just to heat it. Um, and that was, and drained that and we were good to go for dinner. So just little things like that, that just, if that helps, I feel like that is oh, getting huge. changes for us when we're busy. <laughs> yeah. Huge, huge. And I know we've talked on other podcasts before. I'm not sure what it was in relation to, but just the prep of a meal and considering like what other people in the house can do you know we're talking a lot about what we do Um, and obviously Krista and I love food and we love cooking but we definitely have our partners and other people in the household when needed involved and I I know Mm. I've talked previously about when um, I was in the Brisbane clinic I would always be thinking in the afternoon about like we pulled whatever we did out of the freezer for dinner and so forth. But it was anything that required cooking, which for us, as I said earlier, we're like we love our wedges. So that's that's a common thing. I'd always about an hour before I'd even leave be sending a text to Damien saying, (laughs) you know, can you put some some wedges in the oven or whatever it would be like just Mm. just pre thinking so that again, when you get in the door, like you know those things are done so mm. it's just the time frame to cook up some salmon and throw a salad together you're not like oh my god I've got to wait another full hour before these wedges are done if mm. I don't like as Chris was talking about have like a carb cooked or it might be that I'd be like saying to whoever is in the house like can you chuck on at seven o'clock can you chuck on some mm. rice like it's just pre-thinking also, as far as far as that planning, how other people in the house, whether it's partners or kids, can help out and getting them involved and not taking it mm. all on and thinking that you have to do it all. Um, and it sounds like it's yeah. a simple thing, but we see that a lot with clients where there's that sort of um, control over the food or trying to be the mm. martyr and do it all. It's like, no, it's okay to get other people involved. Yeah, 100, 100% agree with that. I think that's so important. Like... I do think I've been having this chat quite a lot with clients lately and I've had a few, I've got a few clients where their partners aren't helpful at all in the kitchen space and it is really frustrating. Um, But I have to say that is not the majority of like partners. Like I feel like the majority of them, you know, do want to help. They just may need some guidance and you just have to take that time to just, yeah, let go of the reins and just text through some things or text through a shopping list that you need them to grab or food prep list or even just show your partner how to cook a couple of signature dishes. That's what I've done with mm. Mick because mm. he genuinely wants to help and he's not a bad cook. He just, you know, he just has never had to cook gluten-free, dairy-free until I mm. came along. So yep. sorry, not sorry. Um, but, you know, there's there's lots of, you know, I've taught him just how to easily blanch veggies without overcooking them. So for him, he mm. knows how to use a Weber, like all more to say all boys know how to use Webers, but most people know how to use a Weber or a barbecue. Like, and if, you know, if your partner is someone that enjoys that style of cooking and that's easy for them, then all you have to do is 
just teach them how to cook a protein or how to cook a protein to your liking or marinate something. So maybe it's got a bit more flavor or just cook it as is, but then it just comes down to showing them the other part that they might not know, like how to put a salad together. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which I think is something that's so, so simple to most of us, but can not be simple to someone who's never made any, made a salad from mm. scratch and has just been buying things out of a bag or um, someone who's never actually cooked veggies to the point where like, obviously like when we cook veggies, we don't want to boil the crap out of them. We, I just like my veggies blanched if I'm putting them in hot water. So just showing people like your partners or other family members, especially if you've got teenagers, simple meals that they can cook, mm. I think is a game changer as well. It doesn't have to be extravagant. It just has to be nice and work (laughs) absolutely yeah so true shall we move on to snacks so this is again another massive space Um, the irony is that I know I find with a lot of my clients and I'm sure you're the same is that once you work on creating really lovely macro balanced meals that your need for snacks can often reduce dramatically Uh, A lot of clients come to us who aren't eating balanced meals, um, are often under eating during the day. And as a result, there's a lot of getting through the day on snacks, overeating snacks in the afternoon, as Chris was saying, you know, head in the cupboard, devouring anything and everything. So we often, you know, I find that we, we work with our clients and we give them ideas around snacking, but then when we start meeting up regularly and going through just dietary recalls and how they're integrating food, Mm. often the snack food is actually minimal. Like it's just, there's, of course, there's, 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 you know, variations from person to person, but I would say stereotypically they go from being someone that snacks a lot to like having just three meals a day or three meals and maybe one snack. If they're like an early morning person, there might be one mid morning or, they might be like one snack in the afternoon. Um, do you find that with clients? Like the snacks just start to just go down. <laughs> 100%. Some, to the point, yeah, I've got clients that are just like, I just don't need to snack anymore. And obviously I, mm. you know, I totally agree with what you're saying. I think for people who are super early, hello, bud. For people that are super early risers um, and have a longer day, then I think, you know, snacking is really can be really needed and beneficial but yeah definitely once those macros are balanced and that yeah it's just when it's needed not because you're starving and just need to graze so yeah yeah Yeah. so I feel with snacks again when it comes to pressure from this sort of wellness community space and what people are seeing online that there's been a lot of pressure on making snacks and buying snacks like um you know all of the like cool alternative things that you can get and we'll talk we'll definitely talk about ideas there as far as bought options and things you can make but I also just want to start by saying like there is nothing wrong (laughs) with just the traditional snacks as far as a piece of fruit or oh my god um, I was literally gonna say like, fruit fruit is such a good snack I know <laughs> like it just feels like there's been so much scaremongering around fruit and just um like so much pressure on all of these like alternative cool things that people should be having as snacks it's just like it's fine to just have a piece of fruit just have an apple have a banana have an orange like what whatever it is like wonderful like if you're the thing with snacking um again is that there's going to be a variation in how much someone needs to get them through from say breakfast to lunch Mm -hmm. or lunch to dinner so if you're someone that 
you're definitely getting there. You're getting hungry and regularly you're like, Oh, I don't know if I can make it through, but it's just like a little bit of a hunger. Like often something like a piece of fruit or it might be some, it sounds so cliche nutritionist, but people love it. Like the classic, like hummus and a bit of carrot or hummus and cucumber stuff. Yeah. Like literally something light like that. There's nothing wrong with it at all. It just then is different if you're someone that has um, a roaring appetite and you're doing a lot and you have these long days and there's no way, and you'll know the difference just in yourself by just mm. thinking there's no way I could have an apple that wouldn't get me through, where we have to look at something more complex with a bit more protein in it, maybe a little bit of fats just to hold you for longer. Um, and that can be even sometimes a difference between having a piece of fruit or maybe some veggies with some hummus, which is going to start to bring mm. in a little bit of extra fiber, a little bit of protein, not heats, but starting to bring that a little bit of fats. So I guess firstly, it's like highlighting some of those basic snacks are fine. And I often find that our clients do end up using those more than not because they're just easy and just kind of breaking it down and making it okay and that it doesn't have to be extravagant. So I'll often put an emphasis onto those snacks and it will those particular items and they will vary depending on where someone's at with their gut health journey we might be talking about specific types of fruits we might be talking about specific types of dips or veggie combinations Um, and then often that will um, grow and vary as their diet grows and varies Um, so I like to I like to break up my snacks as far as like here's some really simple basic snacks that you can just grab on the go And then I like to give options for if you want, (laughs) you can make these as far as if you want to make some balls, if you want to make some easy cookies, um, if you want to make some muffins. Because as someone that loves making that stuff, I also have massive um, understanding and respect for that's not everyone's jam. Like heaps of people like balls maybe because it's throw some things in a bowl and mix them up and Chris is putting her hand up as one of them. If I make yeah. them and bring them into the clinic, she will devour them. I will eat them. She yeah, ain't going to be making muffins nope. on the weekend. <laughs> nope. I am so, not making bliss balls and I am not making fucking muffins on the weekend. So I'm sorry, exactly. but it's a no from me. <laughs> yeah. And it's like the pressure. Like I always will check with my clients, like, is this something that you want? I can, if you're thinking maybe, if you're in the maybe camp, let's put a few options down. But you need to understand you don't have to do this to succeed. These are just if you want. So I always put more emphasis on those easier snacks. And then inclusive of that might be some bought crackers for depending, again, what suits them, whether I need something gluten-free, something buckwheat-based. It might be variations of toppings that go on to that. Um, And then I might put on some bought options that might be certain bars that they can buy like it might be like it's just basic um, muesli bar that I like Mm -hmm. Um, I tend lately to be depending on the person um, if they're a real sweet tooth person I tend to be using the ATP no way jelly bars as a option for clients if they like them them. Um, they sort of vary I'm I am a little bit impartial I like I like the, no, no, do I, is likes even a strong word? Yeah, I, I find like, some yeah, of my I clients, love you love them. Yeah. 
I love them. I just, um, but they they can be a good, just easy grab, right? So there's a variation Mm. of bars and things that um, I like for clients, but generally more I'm trying to just go for those whole food options. Um, And look, I must admit, personally, I used to be an epic snacker, like even with my breakfast, lunch, dinners, clinic days, I'd usually... A lot of the time I still would find myself having a morning tea, afternoon snack, um, often boiled eggs would be another one I just thought of. I can just I just remembered mm. being up the back of the clinic in the kitchen peeling Cracking an eggs. egg and like eating it really quickly <laughs> um, with lots of salt on it. But I these days personally, my my food has changed a bit over the last few years as far as how much I'm eating in my main meals and I'm finding I don't snack so much anymore, which is actually weird because it means I'm not baking as much. And I do love to bake, Mm. but weirdly it's having a flow on onto Mm. the website because I'm not creating as many like, oh, I want some muffins or cookies. So I'm more of a like, I don't really do morning tea snacks anymore because I have such a big breakfast and then like I'm ready for my lunch, but in the afternoon, I'm more inclined these days because of the climate I live in. A lot of the time I'll have a hot chocolate that I like put like all of the, there's a recipe for this on the website, guys. It's like a spiced hot chocolate. I put like collagen into it. So it's almost like a little hot smoothie I have in the afternoon. Mm. Um, And rarely now, sometimes I'll make up some balls and I might have a ball, Um, but that's rare. Like I've, I'm not much of a snacker anymore, which is weird because, yeah, four or five years ago, I was all about the snacks. Like it'd be, yeah, I was always like, oh, gotta have my snack before I get on the train home. Yeah, you so were. (laughs) I remember you'd always have bliss balls and stuff, and it was good because I'd always bomb some off. I'm. They'd like such slowly a, disappear such, from the fridge during the week. Yeah, my stash would go down. I'm such a, I'm such a snack scab. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> we need that on a t-shirt. We do snack scabs. Um, but I feel like I feel like you you've become me like with that because I feel like I've yeah. always been like that because I have such a solid breakfast and as we've discussed, a two part breakfast most days a big like a really I'm not gonna say big I well balanced and and hearty like I think because those meals are so big for me I've never really been a mid-morning snacker I haven't felt like it's something mm. I've needed like same thing unless it's yeah I've missed the mark with breakfast for me it's definitely more of that afternoon if I I've probably got about a four to four and a half hour window from the time I've had lunch to the time I need something and if I know dinner's a few more hours then I have to mm. have a snack um for me, it is it is as simple as everything you just said. I love fruit. Like I'm just such a little fruit bat. I love I love having t- like I love having two kiwi fruit. I love having an apple or a pear with peanut butter. That's like a clinic classic mm, that has been around since true. you and I first got together. Um, I love that. I love bliss balls, but I'm not fucking making them myself. Um, <laughs> I love the ATP What's your collagen favorite? Bars. Sorry to interrupt, but what's your mm. favourite bliss ball that I've ever made that I've bought Carrot in for you? Really? Straight up, hands down. It's the one I send to all my clients and they wow. all fucking love it as well. So my That's top cool. my top three off the website that I send out to clients is mm-hmm. Carob Jaffa, um, Cookie Dough and Chock Peanut Truffle. Um, notice how I know them all because these are the ones that I'll send. I'm going to give you the feedback. Everyone loves the Carob Jaffa and the Chock Peanut Truffle 
They love the cookie dough protein ball, but my client demographic all agree with me. What the fuck is mesquite powder? And I'm not buying that. <laughs> Do you know, I'm so glad you said that because on my, I tell my clients and I put on their treatment plan, when I put that on, I'm like, if you can't get mesquite powder, just use extra maca or cut it out and add extra. Like I always tell them for that reason, right? But so the mesquite funny, makes so them true. more caramelly, but it's not Look, a necessity. No, and I, I love, love them because you've because you've made them for me, so I know how good they taste. But like all like my clients are just like, "What is mesquite?" I'm like, "I don't even fucking know," but just don't <laughs> add it. <laughs> but they're my top three off the website, and the reason I like them is because the majority of bliss balls, if people do want to make them themselves, and mm. I've got a lot of clients that will, but they just what I get them to do is pick the one that they like and make like 20 to 30 of the baskets. Yeah. You know what I and mean? And freeze them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and freeze them. And um, and that's a really good postpartum snack as well. I do that for a lot of my mums, like when they're doing, we're doing the food prep mm. in the lead up to having the baby, like bolt making bliss balls and freezing them is one-handed snack things. Little, um. so anyway, so those three, and the reason I love those over most of the store-bought ones is they're not jacked with dates, which I think mm. is a common trap with bliss balls. Um, mm. which is going to be completely polar opposite to my recommendation at the end of this podcast because it is a date jack blissful that I am just crushing hard over at the moment. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but, yeah, so they're like blissfuls. Another really good little snack, again, that's not making muffins on the weekend but is similar is little mini frittatas in the muffin um, Yeah, tins. they're great. So so good. Like so if, you just, if you're not some, a lot of my clients are like just because I feel like we come from like the training era of whatever and everyone's just so over – boiled eggs which I totally get like you know it's a love-hate relationship you know smashing boiled eggs all the time for people it's making little mini frittatas and just chopping up herbs and maybe a little bit of ham or something like Mm. that so I feel like that's another little snack that we haven't mentioned but I love hummus and crackers and hummus and veggies and fruit and yeah just all the simple stuff like yeah yeah simple is actually you know the other one clients use a lot is the zucchini slice on the website as a snack yeah. so they'll cut it like I'll put into, that into the smaller pe- portions yeah yep. works really yep. well but um yeah I just yeah I love that you're just kind of reinforcing that same fact of like just simple easy doesn't have to be extravagant can I just say on the fruit side of things as well is that if you are someone who struggles with constipation and you're leaning more towards things that are your high fiber things like your nuts, seeds, chia mm. seeds and all and all of those things that are yes high fiber I'm not disagreeing but a lot of the things that are marketed marketed as high fiber for constipation are a lot of things that, you know, sit heavier on that spectrum of nuts and seeds and stuff, which is fine, but they can be quite problematic for a lot of people as well. I'm not demonizing. They're a great, Mm. they're a great snack, but don't forget about fruit. Like fruit is so kind to the digestive system. It's not hard to break down in those digestive processes. It is so fucking nutrient dense. I cannot explain Mm. depending on what you're having. And it's so packed with fiber. Like if you told, if you gave me a constipated client who was, getting there but just probably still not having that complete bowel evacuation a day and I had the option of giving them a high protein seed and nut butter jack ball for fiber versus two kiwi fruit I'm giving them two kiwi fruit yeah that's and such an under it's such an underrated snack for people papaya or pawpaw Mm. whichever one you like another amazing high fiber nutrient Mm. dense gut fucking loving piece of fruit Mm. that (laughs) you know like I so true 
Yeah, which falls back into, I think, a lot of that sort of um, wellness space stuff Mm. that became so trendy as far as like, um, yeah, nuts and seeds and um, like nut butters and like Mm. making those sorts of like heavy, heavier snacks. Um, Mm. Yeah, and again, like they're just the the complexities of those different types of fibres, particularly with what we see with clients can actually with gut issues be more problematic um mm. not for everyone but yeah and, and I think nuts even I mean it's interesting neither but neither of us mentioned about having a handful of nuts but um yeah. you know there's there's things that we <clears throat> I tend to not use as much with clients like I've got Same. some that will just grab a little handful of nuts yeah. but I think they've again become something that people like overuse and particularly Correct. with some of our clients from even like fat loss goals like it's so easy to be like shooting your calorie intake up with those types of snacks as well so yeah the other one I just thought of too um is just good old yogurt depending on what you can handle like I just thought because I did this yesterday Mm. I just did um a soy yogurt yesterday that I just chopped up some kiwi fruits in um and threw in what did I have yogurt kiwi fruit and goji berries that's just I just mixed it up and had that as an afternoon snack because I was like I don't want my hot chocolate it's not going to be I was like real I was actually quite hungry yesterday I'm like it's not that's just not enough so I mixed that yeah. all up and I still stood there with the protein powder going do I want protein powder or not and like thinking about yeah. the flavor and I'm like mm, yeah. no no you're not I just want the kiwi fruit yeah I'm like get out yeah it's so it's actually true that is one of my most common recommendations is um, lactose-free yogurt or just a good pot set yogurt, again, depending on people's dietary requirements, but a good yeah. pot set lactose-free yogurt is pretty common for a lot of my clients or a good coconut yogurt or the Meredith's Dairy Goats yogurt, which is fucking divine. Thank you for that recommendation, Jessica Cox. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, the sheep's yogurt, if you can tolerate it, I personally wouldn't. <laughs> But the, and yeah, but and I haven't tried soy yogurt, but but that I get my clients to do that exactly a bit of chopped up fruit, um, just some granola. Like I know you know granola can be such a nice snack, but again, like mm. like that with yogurt as opposed to just a big thing of granola. Like yeah, anyway, mm. it's um yogurt exactly. is such a nice little snack as well. My last ones that I'd say off the website that are really go tos for people who do like baking would be the banana muffins, like. They yeah, are they such are a hit and they're easy they to make. Um, they get a, a, a good a good hit. And the other one that people just love um, and is super easy is the jam drop cookies. Um, they're definitely a bit more for the sort of sweeter hit. But, again, super simple. Kids love them. Everyone loves them. Um, I love yeah, them when you they make get smashed. them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I so love when Jess them and brings them in. Yeah. <laughs> this is the only problem with you working down there and my baking repertoire of snacks is not existing at the moment. <laughs> now, before we finish off, is there any last ones you wanted to add? You mentioned about something about a date, something datey. Uh, something... You know how we do our recommendations and this is Okay, let's I'm do recos. Out. Let's finish with recos. So, you go first. Recos, because recos fits perfectly into this podcast is, yes. again, and I'm not saying this is something people want to do all the time, but in terms of a snack that I do get a lot of my clients to um, to get is the Health Lab um, Hazelnut Panna Balls. 
Have you no. tried them? No, I haven't. Holy shit. They like a Ferrero Rocher, but not because they like got all the dates and cacao and everything in the outside. But when you buy into the center, there's Panna hazelnut chocolate in the center. So, Ooh. and like, not that it's all about calories, but calorie wise, comparatively to most bliss balls on the market, they're probably just sit under about, I think, 200 calories, which is standard for a bliss ball. They're clean ingredient wise. Are you having a quick look? I'm at, can you tell? Yeah. Um, no, I'm actually yeah. looking up. There's, you remind me of one that I was just thinking that I love. I was just trying to find the name mm. of it. Again, yeah. So, like, they're, so who, they're my, my health like, lab. Health lab hazelnut balls. Health lab. Ball. Yeah, hazelnut panna balls. I've got, I think they're called holy oh, yeah. hazelnut. Yeah, no, I've never, I've never had those. Oh, I've mate, seen them. They. They were on special yesterday when I walked into Coles and so I, I got a box. Like, they're not cheap, but who cares? Um, yeah, and I literally <laughs> I had one after dinner last night. I put them in the fridge and I said to my snack whore of a boyfriend, do not touch these when I go to bed. You can have anything else in this fridge and cupboard, just do not touch these last two balls. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, I'm just having a look at them now. They sound amazing. <laughs> they're really good. So they're my recommendation. So I, the one I was thinking of when you said this, um, said that about that particular type of snack and is fresh in my mind because when I, when I go up to Brisbane, I probably, well, I will actually, I definitely rely on bought snacks more for sure. So I often will buy a few little balls and things if I am caught out late at the clinic and I don't have someone to harass to get dinner ready for me <laughs> back, mm-hmm. at, back <laughs> at where I'm staying. So one of my favourites that I've actually found um, is actually the My Muscle Chef brand do, it's called a hazelnut crisp protein bite. Interestingly, the hazelnut flavour. And it is bloody delicious. It's, I've just got it up here just to share the details. So um, it's, it's actually more a peanut heavy base as far as the first ingredient, but definitely sweetened with dates, but it's dairy free, gluten free. It's got soy protein in it. Um, It's seven grams of protein in a, in a little, it's quite small. So that's pretty good. Kind of like Mm. eating an egg, nine grams of carbs, six grams of fat, hundred and 134 gram sorry 134 calories but they're about yeah they're about um I don't know yeah. like holes up the right <laughs> you yeah. two two yeah. long fingers together like half of that but you know yeah. stacked three yeah. times wow that's going to be good for people listening not watching yeah <laughs> one two three <laughs> I they're think like half, was a half a picnic bar <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. they're really good they're like that hazelnut flavor chocolatey fudgy um and I find that they just kind of carry me through nicely um and they're yeah I find them in Coles when I'm up there so they're easy to get too yeah I've actually got them from Coles because I had a little stash in the work fridge for a while of a couple of the different my muscle chef little those little things and they were pretty damn good as well did you like it can you remember yeah I did yeah I did and they had another one that was a bit more I think if it was a it was I think it was more a peanut butter protein bar or it was the same sort of thing Mm. like that little in that little tiny packet probably about the size of a flattened boiled egg and um yeah yeah, and that was nice as well but yeah just texture wise I'm I I like the texture like it's the same I think that's why yeah I like you know how I used to when you used to bring your balls and I like to squish them with my fingers and just like break them into pieces and chew on them um I like those my muscles (laughs) Because I can do that to them. I like to manipulate the texture with my hands. <laughs> I probably used to eat fucking Play-Doh when I was a kid. I'm sure I did. <laughs> probably. <laughs> um, 
yeah so so yeah no, they're, they're good as well awesome all right guys well I think that ties it all up um I'm hoping that everyone has gotten so many ideas out of this um, and we'll put all of the, the uh, meals or not the meals, the snacks or anything food wise that we've mentioned in some of these recipes too into the show notes. So you can go looking there. Fun for me later. <laughs> oh, good times. <laughs> yeah. But um, I love how you dump yourself in the show. I know. <laughs> Bloody show notes of bane of my existence. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we hope you got a lot out of it. And as I said at the end of the last one, the other element of this is showing you diversity and variations because obviously Carissa and I live and breathe food. It's our, it's our job. It's our passion. Um, but as you can see, there's a variation between us and we want you to remember that when you're thinking about what works for you because that's the most important thing. It's not what the other person next to you is eating or what other people are doing on social media. Um, and as always, if you've got any questions, uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can share this podcast. Actually, you know, if you guys are sharing this podcast on your socials, we'd love you to share this episode and maybe tell us um, a little bit about maybe one of your favorite snacks, like we've recommended. It'd be really cool to hear what people mm. have got to say. Yeah. But uh other than those details, I think that's it. We'll love and leave you till next time. Until next time, team. See you later. Bye. Bye.